It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up on Gay presents Conversations with a Legend. Around here, we hustle for a living. Around here, around here we grind for a living. Around here, around here we hustle for a living. Around here, around here we grind for a living. What's up, everybody? LeVar Arrington here, back with another exciting edition of Up On Game Presents Conversations with a Legend. This week, I went in the game. I ain't come out of the game. I got one of my guys here, super stud. I've known him since he was in the puppy mill (laughs) out, out in Virginia, out northern Virginia, where the uniforms weren't even big enough for him. He just was out there just beasting on cats all day, all night long. Ended up going to Alabama, having a stellar career there, became one of the all-time greats for there, and then ends up coming back home and playing for the Washington football team. I got my man John Allen, Jonathan Allen, Mr. Jonathan Allen, if you're nasty, on the show. What's up with you, brother? How you feeling? Good, man. I'm doing great. Appreciate you for having me, man. I appreciate you coming on. I do this show to to give a voice to really, in in, in all all actuality, to to our our legends that have played the game that a lot of people have forgotten about, and and haven't been able to hear the wisdom and the words that come from them and their experiences to have a current player and a current player of your stature come on to the show is amazing because you're in it like the things that we talk about are are applicable to where you're at right now but it never changes the the questions I'll ask you will they will always be the same answers in, in our own perspectives, but you're in it. You are living it right now, being a current player, and, and I appreciate you you coming on. So I'm going to start right here. You grew up in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your background. You, 
when I met you in high school, you're kind of just, uh, you're the same version of who you are now. You're quiet, but you've always been a man amongst boys. And people say that, they'll see your size and different things like that. But you've always been more mature mentally in, in how you approach things as well. What do you attribute your beginning and your, your background what do you attribute how you are and how you approach things to? Uh, I mean, really, I got to give it all to, you know, obviously God. Without him, I wouldn't even be in this situation. My dad and my brother, you know, two military guys. My dad served 23 years in the Army. My brother's currently 16. So, I mean, people who, uh, who are military brats understand you got to grow up real fast. Indeed. Or you're going to have a rough childhood. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I lived in multiple states. You know, parents got a divorce. That was all. That was tough, but it. I mean, it really just matures you quickly. You know, uh -huh. when one thing that I always like to tell people who went through adversity or a struggle is people look at their struggle and they feel feel bad for themselves, mm -hmm. like feel sorry for themselves. Coach Sam would always say, "You have the poor me's." I look at it as what, how has that changed you, and how can you use that to make yourself a better person? And for me, I feel like that matured me a lot faster than I would have if I never went through it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to my dad and my brother, man. There's some. They're tough. They're tough hard. Dude, yeah. <laughs> They're hard. Hard nose. Um, but I feel like after going through my childhood and, and being raised with such discipline, I mean, I don't feel like anything can shape me now. I used to tell people, people would be like, man, you seem like you made it look so easy when you were playing the game. And while I was in high school, it's like, oh, you're bigger than everybody. You're, you're stronger than everybody. So it should have came easy for you. And I tell people, the things I did, you would never even imagine or think to do. I got up early before school and, and worked out. I, I got up and ran before I went to school. Yeah. I, I went to the, to the gym after school. I ran after school. I did, I did so many things to push my body to be better, to be more. But then I also would sit with my dad and we would spend Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays just watching film. My dad couldn't run with me, military, wounded war, lost both his feet in, in Vietnam in, in, in an ambush fight. Never ran with me, but we would watch film and he would challenge me to do things and to push myself to the outer limits. And, and I, I started to realize that the further I could push myself to the limit physically and mentally, the easier I made it look when I got into the games. Now, I came to one of your high school games, and I saw how easy you made it look on that field even then. Is there anything, was there anything to your approach that played a part in why you were able to be so dominant? Or was it just a matter of, I got up, I worked when I was supposed to work, and and I did what I needed to do, and that was my regiment. You know, that's tough. I feel like you have some guys who are just so physically gifted, they can do that. Mm -hmm. But unless they des develop, like, that work ethic, they'll fizzle out. Some will fizzle out in college. Mm -hmm. And if you're that gifted, you might make it to the NFL without working hard, but eventually it's going to catch up. Now you look at the greats, those are guys who are physically gifted, and they have the work ethic. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's funny because people who don't know football, they just say, a guy like Michael Vick, I'm just going to use some examples. Sure. That, that's a guy, he's so quick, so fast, he's just better than everybody. Mm -hmm. You only see what he does on Sunday. That's right. Coach Saban used to say, you don't do something 
until you get it right. You do it until you can't get it wrong. Wow. And it looks easy because you that person has done it so many times. Mm-hmm. It's like saying your name. You right. don't have to, you don't have to think about saying your name. You just know it. That's right. And when I've played a double team so many times in practice, come game time, I'm not even I'm not even thinking. I'm reacting. You know, I go back and watch a film, and I don't even realize I did a certain move because I've done it thousands and thousands of times. Not during that week of practice, but in that off season. And then you build years upon it upon each other. So. Um, like I said, for the normal fan who doesn't know a lot about football and like watches football only by watching the football, yeah, they only see the product on Sunday. Uh-huh. But there's a lot more that goes into it. And for me, I just want to make sure that when whatever I'm doing, I practice it before. So uh-huh. when I come in the game time and nerves are high and yeah. big plays got to be made, I don't got to think about what I got to do. I just got to fall back on my training because I Indeed. know I've done it a thousand times. And uh-huh. I just turn my brain off and just go play. Go go, go go go. Yeah. Go, go, go. A woe, you want to be a go guy, not a woe guy. Yo. Go, go, go. Yeah, you know what I mean? Go, go, go. All right. You mentioned Coach Saban. I'll never forget, and I'm going to ask you something totally different, but I'll never forget there was a – you were doing an interview. This this was like – I told – I was like, this was like the ultimate mic drop moment. I don't – I forget what the game was for, what was taking place, but they asked you, and you're like, we're Alabama. And I never forgot that. And, and that mentality, did it take you going to Alabama to have that mentality? First of all, do you remember when you did that? I know, I know exactly. We were playing Michigan State, and we beat them 38 to nothing. <laughs> and the reporter was like, nobody does that. And I'm like, Alabama does. We do. Um, I, I've always had that mentality. Okay. But the thing about Alabama and, and your time, Penn State, when you go there and you surround yourself with that many alpha males. Yeah. It just it just helps grow your That's confidence. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Right. You I know that if a player played at Alabama, he's got to be made of something because right. you can't make it four years there, and come out on top and be and be weak mentally right. and physically because there's nothing but alpha males and dogs there. And it's a <laughs> I've seen guys get chewed up and spit out. And goodbye. And, and, and never to, never to be seen again. Couldn't make it. Couldn't handle it. So when you go there and you have a coach like Coach Saban, who is I love him to death. Hard nose, cares about his players, but that's one guy you don't, you don't want to get in his doghouse. Right, I, it's, it's bad. You don't it's make tough. it out, do you? And no, you, <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you get in a doghouse with a coach like that in a program like that, I always say, when I was in school, I always tell guys as a recruit, if, you, if you're a doghouse type of guy, don't come here. Because nope. if you get if you find yourself in the doghouse, you will never get out. That's I, a dog, that's a place that has many many rooms. I've seen one guy get in and get out. I can't remember his name. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and I remember somebody telling me the story. He was a freshman and bomb receiver. Ended up playing like four or five years in the NFL. Okay. And he caught a long bomb and he flipped in the end zone. And Coach Saban didn't play him until his junior or senior it took him like a year two years to get out get of his doghouse but at alabama not one player is more invaluable than the entire team right so you're gonna do it his way and if you're not you won't be there or you won't play right and you won't be happy so and, and you won't <laughs> be happy nil it wasn't there when you were in school now it's close because you it's close just missed it you missed it <laughs> A lot of people say defensive linemen, linebackers, this. they're not going to benefit from the NIL. I say they're a lie. Hmm. How would you approach branding? How would you approach how you do your business if you were going to school right now? I'm John Allen. NILs are available. How do you handle that? I think it's different. Um when you go to college, some guys have aspirations, and everyone has aspirations of playing to the league. Some guys have more chance than others. Sure. For me, I went to Alabama because I felt they were the best program and the best university to not only test if I could compete at a high level with the best of the best, but get me to my goals. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, and this is not what other people are probably going to do, me, I would take a deal that was enough money and comfortable for me uh -huh. and focus on playing football. It's kind of like the NFL. You have some guys who focus on making so much money outside of football. That they forget about the game. Yeah. yeah. And if you play good football, you'll get as much money as you want to. Yeah. But you got to play good football. Yeah. So for me, it's good to have that, like, security for families back home if they need it. And for yourself, I mean, when you, I'm probably the same. When we were both, yeah. when I got to Alabama, I was getting $100 a month. Yeah. We, yeah. My phone bill was 70 a month. So that was leaving right. $30. So it's yeah. not a lot. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're there to play football and really get to the league. Right. That NIL money is good, but that's nothing compared to what you can make in the league. And I don't want kids to miss chances to go play in the NFL trying to get all the money they can now because that's, quote, unquote, chump change as opposed to what you can get. Yeah. So, you just, I mean, you just got to prioritize, and that's when it comes down to having good people in your corner, having a coach who, I, I, I don't know. 
it's you, tough. Did you sell jerseys? Did they sell your jersey when you was in school? Oh, they definitely did. Could you imagine? And funny the, story. See, I would have wanted my residual from my jerseys. Like, I don't even need, I don't, I don't need no companies to come give me, just give me a residual <laughs> on my jerseys. So what a lot of college kids don't know is a scholarship is a one-year deal. Yes, it's it not is. a four-year deal. It's a year-by-year year contract. And when you see guys transfer, a lot of time the coach is telling these kids, like, you need to transfer. I'm not, you're, we're not, we're not renewing we're not, your We're not re-upping you, right? Oh. And what they would do is they would bring the whole team into the facility or the stadium, not the stadium, but the auditorium, and you would sign all these papers for your scholarship. Right, yeah. It wasn't until my senior year, it wasn't until my senior year that we actually read some of the stuff in that. They can open up your mail. Yeah. They give authorization to sell your jerseys. Yeah. So guys like me, Eddie, Ruben. Right. We didn't sign some of the stuff that allowed them to sell our jerseys. Oh. So our senior year, you couldn't buy our nameless number jerseys. Right. So I thought, you know, that's interesting because they never really make mention of that. They never really tell you about that. Most kids probably don't even know that a scholarship is a one-year deal. Yes. And you cannot get your next year of scholarship for whatever reason. Now, coaches don't do it because it's a bad look on a university if you don't. But I've seen guys be told, you need to find a transfer. Oh, you, we've you seen need, it. You need to transfer. We, or, and, or they'll tell you in practice, I'm gonna put you on the bus that brought you, <laughs> the same exact bus exactly. that brought you here. I'm gonna put you on that bus and send you back to where you came from. Exactly. Like it's, I've, I, I mean, we've heard it all. Oh, yeah. um, so if you're giving advice to a young dude, you're saying, Find something to be comfortable but maintain the game. Because to me, I look at this NIL thing and I say to myself, social media, NIL, if you create your plan, your your ecosystem, so to speak, my ecosystem would have been I'm playing ball. Mm -hmm. I want to get my education, but I want to play ball. How do I maximize monetizing my education and playing ball? And that there's like, there's questions I, there's things I don't know that really would help if I like for me now thinking about it well that's easy marketing team right. agency they but in college it's like you don't have that you have the university but right. they're also doing it for the entirety of the team. But what if we knew we could leverage the university? What if we told the university I'll come here, but that marketing team that we have for our team they need to dedicate some time to. Jonathan Allen. I agree. But then you get into the question of not all kids think like that. So I know what I was talking earlier. Do you need to get an agent going into college to that's, negotiate on your behalf? That like, what is, do you do? That is know. why we're doing conversations with a legend. Because <laughs> cats need to know what they need to do. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah. And, and listen, my thing is, the answer is no, you don't need to get an agent. Yeah. You, you do not need to get an agent. But what you do need is to educate yourself on what branding represents. What what does my, because ultimately I always say, when you play ball, if you're able to make it to the league, that is your investment. 100%. All these people running up on you telling you, oh, you need to put money into this. You need to put money into that. You can quadruple in, in this with your money. What do you need to quadruple your money for? Just my play on the field is my stock. You already hit what your I'm, you what, I'm, what, I'm paid, what I'm paid in salary is my stock gaining its, its, its value. That's, that's it. I don't have to 
try no. to find the value in anything else. Yeah. So if what I'm doing, if I do have that, I think that would be brilliant to get a deal. And if your first deal, because when you do business, you take that money and you put that business back in, or you put that money back into your business to grow the infrastructure yeah. and the bandwidth of, of your, your business so that it can grow and be what it's supposed to be. I would take one of those deals and I would say, I do want my own personal marketing team because I don't want to have to worry about this, right? Yeah. If, I have, if I have homework, I have signings. You could probably generate enough money just off of the, the autograph, you know, memorabilia that you would sign. Huh. Now that's going to be managed mm -hmm. because you know what? They got us signing stuff anyway. They got us doing the the the, the spring game. I don't know if they did it when oh, you were there. Oh my god, you the sit spring down game in the entire field and fans rush up and you for hours and signing stuff. And that's money. And that's oh, yeah. and that's money. I have signed I have signed so all right, so my first autograph, John, was LeVar <laughs> Arrington, <Every player>. legible <laughs> number 11, right? That's changed. That changed real quick. By my junior year, by the end of my sophomore year, I was LA 11. There was a point in time in my college career where I just signed LA 11, and then when mm -hmm. I got back to the league, I put L Arrington 11 and it's not re it's not really legible yeah but think about if i'm if i have a if i have a plan and i gotta go sit like okay i'm gonna go sit in this terminal i'm gonna say but i get two dollars three dollars five dollars hell if i'm john allen and i'm in my last years i get ten dollars from you the school that's doing this event for every autograph that I sign. Now, mind you, my senior year at Alabama. How many the, you signed? The number could be wrong. And it for, could be off on the low end. And I'm not even talking, I'm talking about for the national championship, I think the school brought in like $250 million. So, I mean, it's not It's not like the school's losing any money by. Give me 5%. Give me 5% of that 250 Give me 1% Give me 1% of that $250 million. It's. For a game. No, I have teammates who played in four straight national championships, so you can only imagine how much money the university brought in for that. That's only the national, not many, the bowl how many, games. How or, many autographs did y'all sign for the bowl game? Did y'all sign balls? I know y'all had stuff y'all had to sign. I mean, you, you get so numb to it. Like, you come in. You don't even pay no attention to it. You come in, you get it. your food, sign this ball. All right, whatever. You just, you just, you just, you don't even think about it. That wasn't even a thing. Like, I should be getting paid. You've gone to the Pro you Bowl. You've been to the Pro Bowl. First one this year. Oh, this is going to be your first one. This going to be my first. Congratulations, I appreciate man. it. I appreciate it. You're going to hate signing. I'm fired up. <laughs> You're going to hate signing. Let me tell you something. When I was at the Pro Bowl, they used to bring in a, a cage up to the ceiling. I don't even know how they got it into the room. Full of balls. And every all the Pro Bowlers are sitting there like, oh, oh. And they just, here they come. The balls come out. They start passing them around. Sign. Sign. Sign, sign. Like a machine. Bruh. It's, it's, Bruh. It's crazy. So anyway, the, the point is, is that. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're taught, we're taught in the game that every inch matters. Every little thing matters. But we're not taught in our business lives and in our personal lives and in our brands that every single little thing about our brand matters. Well, you know, it's, it's one of the things where you handle the football side, we'll take care of the business side in right. college. We'll, t- we'll protect you so you don't have to. And some people need, like for me, I couldn't, like, I'm very singular. My, like, I got to focus on football. I, don't, I, I didn't care about none of that. Yeah. But some guys, like, need, want to know, need to know. And the schools don't always give you the best opportunity to learn. Now, I will say at Alabama, if there was any questions, they were, ready to they were always ready to answer. Coach yeah. Saban, one thing about him, he's very honest. Yeah. Very honest. He, he always told me, when you come here, I can't promise you nothing. You might come here, you might never ever touch the field, but you're going to have an opportunity. That's about all I can ever ask you. I got to offer you. When it came to leaving early, he told some guys, I think you should go. He told me, you're late first round, more than likely early second. You have labrum surgery. You're not going to be competing in none of the combine, none of the workouts. So you need bike, to stay. You need to stay. Now, do what you feel is best for you. But I'm telling you my personal recommendation. So he's been very honest. Yeah. Media training, agents, whatever it is, he's always been able to be fair and honest. Yeah. And I can't speak for other schools, but. That isn't how it is. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would assume is. so. Mm-mm. That's not how it is. And that's good. And, and I know Coach Saban, and I, I, I have an affinity, fine respect for him. I got two more questions for you. You got to love this, right? I ain't asked you about <laughs> nothing else, right? Because I, we could always go down. We could always, always venture down that road, right? Always. All right, so <clears throat> second to last question is, <laughs> one, first question is, do you recall a defining moment in your life where you decided I'm going to be great. I know I can be great. 
I just got to do the work. Do you, can you think of a moment in your life that may have hit you? It could have been you met somebody and, and, and they were somebody that was a hero to you. It could have been, you know, you saw somebody do it or you did it on the field and you knew it. Was there ever that moment where you said to yourself, the guy that I ended up becoming, where I was at in high school, where I was at in college, where I'm at now in the pros, was there ever a defining moment for you that led to your mindset of becoming what you ultimately are right now? There is, and I feel like for everybody who's played in the league, there's always that one moment where football stops becoming a fun game mm. and it becomes your life. Mm -hmm. You can't, like, listen, football's fun and it's great, but it's not just a game to me. Like, mm -hmm. this is real deal, this is not, it's not life or death, but I, that's how serious I take it. I'm ready to die for it. Yeah. I ask a dude, if you ain't ready to, like, are oh. you ready to die for it? <laughs> Game day? Ain't and no, if they be ain't, like, ain't no fear. But if they don't, if they look at you and they're like, ready to die for it, I know I'm better than oh, you. Oh, yeah. I, if it comes I'm a down one, to I'm a, it. I'm going to want it more. I'm going to want it more. I'm more. I'll put my body on the line. Okay. So uh, when I was young, first time playing uh, organized football, first practice, I was out of shape tired i mean you don't know to me it's just football it's fun and dad being a military guy we, we we if you're gonna do something you're gonna give everything you have everything you can do and you're gonna be the best you can be mm -hmm. regardless of whatever that your ceiling is you're gonna reach your ceiling mm -hmm. so i would cut the grass now we we had a i think like a 0.6 acre of a yard okay now when you're using a, a, a hand push mower that's, that's a big a yard uh -huh. so i would have to do one cut down the grass hit a lap around the neighborhood go back do another hit another, like, it would take me like three and a half hours to cut the grass until I got into good, proper shape. Uh -huh. And at that moment, I wouldn't say that's the defining moment, but that's when I started like, okay, I need to take this for real. Like, it's not just me playing for fun, start doing push-ups, yeah. sit-ups, actually getting sleep the night before the game, before I just play video games, you know, yeah. I don't know. And so that continued all up into high school. It's like, oh man, I gotta start working out. Like I can't just do put I gotta hit the weights. I gotta I gotta run. I gotta actually think about what I'm eating. I gotta drink water. Like right. then when I got to college, it just every step there was also something else that I had to do. Uh -huh. And then Coach Saban, I'll never forget, I lived to this quote by my for the rest of my life, I'll always remember it. He would always tell us, no matter what you do, no matter what profession you go down, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, as long as you do everything you can in your preparation to perform your best, you can live with the results. It doesn't matter if you have a bad game, but if you go out there and you know, hey, I did what I had to all week to prepare, I slept right, I ate right, I gave everything I had during the game, it just wasn't my day. This is what I gotta do to improve. You can live with it. Yep. Now, if you don't do that and you go out and play bad, why did, I, why did I do why that? Did I why not? didn't I just do that? I it could was just, have. Yeah, and right. that's my biggest thing. I just never wanna have regrets. And after doing it so many times and having success, I mean, the proof is in the pudding for me. I know that if I work hard, I will have the success I want. Yeah. I know I will, because I've done it in the past time and time again. Now in the NFL, everyone's in the NFL, everyone's great. But I know if I go out there and do what I'm supposed to do, like, you know, I feel like when I do what I do best, no one can block me. Indeed. It's just the way it is. Indeed. Last question. When it's all said and done, they got you in that box, and everybody's saying their, their goodbyes, what is the legacy that, that John Allen is leaving? What is the legacy that you want to be remembered by? What is it that you would want to hear them say that would resonate to you and you be proud that you heard that being said about you? First of all, I want to be known as a God-fearing Christian man, got to. 
On the field, I want to be a hard-nosed, tough SOB who didn't take no place off, didn't miss practice, and just, and just physically abuse people. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be known for. If I'm known for that, I think it'll, I'll, I'll think I'll have success. <laughs> That's John Allen. And, and let me tell you something. If, if you got to go up against him, God bless you and, and good luck. Hey, listen, this has been an, an excellent segment. I'm, I'm happy about this. I'm excited. Been knowing you since you were, were so young and, and, and watched you grow and, and watched you accomplish. Super proud of it. This is Conversations with a Legend. Up on Game presents Conversations with a Legend. A legend already and continuing to build that legend. John Allen, appreciate having you on, my brother. I appreciate you. Continue success and good luck to you. All right, till next time, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you look at the the YouTube page. Make sure you hit the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast from, all right? We're just making sure we hit you with all the real facts, straight facts, up on game. We'll be back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts